Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to All Things Elite, episode 12. No, I am not your Floyd and Savior. He is, though, to my right, Floyd Johnson Jr. I am the silky one, Dave Brown, stepping in, helping out with the duties today. How are you doing, sir? I am doing great. Uh, I have finally got over my mania crud. Like, and when I say finally got over, like six hours ago, I quit coughing. So I actually just got over it. Excellent. Yeah, I am finally feeling better from my two weeks of uh, feeling like crap being hauled up. And I tell you what, here's the thing. You get sick and you're laid out for a while. Going Just going back into your normal routine is exhausting. I only worked three days this week. And by my the third day, Wednesday, because my day's off for Thursday and Friday, by Wednesday, I was so dragging by like 1 o'clock. I was just sitting there, my eyes were glazing over, and didn't know I was, people were walking to the building, I had no idea. It was just, it was bad. Uh, what saved me was a, a glass of unsweet tea from Sonic uh, that my uh, my boss's daughter got for us. She she made a Sonic run and, and hooked us all up with something, so that, that got me through the day, so I'm still not 100%, but I feel you, man. I, I, I think I had, I had, um... I was joining you in the mania flu. I was not there, but I was there in uh, in sickness and in spirit. So. Yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of weird. Like everybody that I talked to, met, been around, got some sort of sick. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, you're in New York in the subway. You're not thinking about it, right? You're doing all the stuff that you do. And then like I have horrible, some habits, like I bite my nails. I am a big, you know, face toucher. You know what I'm saying? And in my Oklahoma very sedentary lifestyle, where I am home most of the time by myself, I work a lot by myself. That's fine. Well, when you're in New York and you go into subways and bustings, you're basically a walking petri dish. Oh so, yeah. yeah. So unless you're carrying around a bottle of Purell. Or, you know, like literally going to every bathroom and washing your hands, you're a germ factory. Then you take in the fact that I am WrestleMania, uh, you know, you go to this WrestleMania weekend, you have 
uh, taking uh, you've I've been more into the wrestling uh, community and uh, part of podcast network. I'm meeting people, and every time I meet people, handshakes, hugs, all that stuff just germs and germs and germs. And when you actually start thinking about it, it gets pretty disgusting when you start thinking about it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I, yeah, <laughs> so I was like, so I was like next year when I go to WrestleMania in, in my little, uh, backpack, if you, you'll see, I always have some kind of little bag with me, whether it's my clear WrestleMania bag or my elite backpack, there will be a big ass bottle of Purell. And I will be passing <laughs> that bitch out. Like it ain't nothing. Uh, <laughs> Cause I was just like I, I was like, when you wrapped your head, when I wrapped my head around how many hands I shook, how many subways I was on, how many I was like, oh god, I was gonna get sick. Now, now let me ask you: Are you are you a big hand washer? Do you wash your hands on a regular basis? I am. I would not call myself. I wash it when I go to the bathroom. That's about it. Okay. Do you wash it before you eat or when you're cooking? Before I cook, yes. <laughs> Before I cook, yes. Before I eat, no. Okay. Okay, well, at least you're doing the, the important things. Bathroom. That's that's the important one. But, yeah, I, see, I just wanted to make sure that for a moment there, I thought oh, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, God, he's going to go full Bully Ray and just do fist bumps. Dude, I'm not I wasn't I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to be that guy. But it was just like once you started thinking about it, because you know my immune system is I don't consider much remarkable about me, but my immune system is remarkable. I've worked at my job for five years, and I've literally missed a half a day. So, a half now, a day. Now, now, see, Floyd, I would say there are many things remarkable about you, sir. <laughs> well, well, thank you. You're welcome. You are welcome. But yeah. yeah, so before we get too far, we do have to mention this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110, not just over 100 people, 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe right onto your laptop and mobile device if you use the promo code social suplex you get the first month free so check that shit out man powerslam.tv check out that silky voice i'm just gonna record that i'm just gonna take out that clip and just play that every week so i don't have to say it that was an upgrade that was an upgrade right there Man, what the bad thing is, is I started feeling a whole bunch of crap in my throat toward the end. I was like, I'm going to try not to, I'm not going to cough. I'm not going to clear my throat. I'm just going to power through this. Yes. But the, uh, so the big news this week in elite related stuff, a report came out yesterday, uh, 411mania.com broke it, that the potential AEW TV um, show deal was going to be a pay-for-play. In other words, AEW was going to write TNT a check for an hour-long show a week, um, which basically, which sounds essentially like an infomercial, sounds really dirty, sounds really just icky and gross. Uh, but in context, TNA, when they transitioned from weekly pay-per-views, their first actual television spot they bought TV time on Fox Sports Net uh, 
uh, on the regional Fox Sports Net channels, which led them to getting their deal on Spike. And yes, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I did this morning listen to everything AEW, and they brought that point up. So, uh, so hat tip to those gentlemen. It is called Everything Elite. I thought it was everything AEW. It's no, everything, the, everything elite. You're right. You're right. Everything AEW is their uh, is our Twitter handle. I can't get anything right this morning, man. But anywho, so so this report comes out, and uh, then a couple of big things happen. Uh, one, apparently, Twitter lost its mind. Everyone that that is on the pro WWE, anti AEW, or just might be sick of hearing about AEW. Uh, jumped on this like white on rice and were like, look, it's a joke. They just sell t-shirts, yada, yada. So basically it was Twitter. It was ugliness and horrible. Uh, and then a few people came to the defense of the AEW folks. Uh, one was voices of wrestling. They reached out. They have a source of AEW ask about the deal. And this is what they tweeted. We asked an AEW source. If time by deals were on the table, the answer given was no. Uh, and then they replied also with this, this is double sourced. And then someone, uh, sent out a tweet that said, apparently, well, okay. Then Dave Meltzer on the, uh, figure four online or the, the, uh, observer message boards, uh, put out a, a message saying that this was not accurate. I don't have a screenshot of it here in front of me. Oh, here it is. So here's what Dave said. Uh, one hour is false. Time by is false. It's the exact opposite. Look at this. Look at sports rights. Bellator, Matchroom. I have no idea what that is. Does anyone? What is Matchroom? Who cares? Uh, UFC on ESPN. People are offering tons of money, both for weekly live programming and also to get their streaming services starting. Uh, that's the reason this thing is starting this year. One of the reasons the deal hasn't been signed yet is because of multiple bidders. Uh, so that was um, that screenshot was tweeted out by the Meltzer. Meltzer said what? Uh, that just makes me. Th- I just now thought of this. That that name of that Twitter account that that makes me think of uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, that the scene. Um, does he look like a bitch? Then why are you trying to fuck him like one? Anyway, love that movie. If you haven't seen Pulp Fiction, folks, I know it's like twenty five years old. That is is. I would make the argument that was the best movie of the 1990s, the greatest movie of the 1990s, Pulp Fiction. Not sure if that's a hot take or not. I was going to say, I'm not going <laughs> to argue against it, but the Mighty Ducks series did come out in the 90s, so you're probably wrong. And Forrest Gump did, too, and that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, don't even get me started on Forrest Gump. Mm-mm. I'm not. I'm. Mm-mm. Forrest Gump is one of those movies. Okay, side real quick. Forrest Gump. First time you see it, so much fun. It is. It's the, the soundtrack is incredible. You got. Um, you have Tom Hanks acting like a special needs kid through the whole thing. Though you can never separate yourself. I. I don't know of anyone at any point watching that movie wasn't thinking in their head. Oh, hey, that's Tom Hanks playing, playing a special needs guy. Because the whole time you're thinking that's Tom Hanks playing a special needs guy. You're never thinking, holy crap, that's a special needs guy. Unlike what's, uh, what's eating Gilbert grape. When you watch that movie and you see Leonardo DiCaprio. And I remember seeing that. I was like, holy crap, they got an actual special needs kid in this movie completely. But anyway, 
the first time you watch Forrest Gump, it, it's all these cool tie-ins to history and pop culture, and it's really neat and it's fun. He teaches Elvis how to dance and all this stuff. Then you watch it a second time, and then you see it a third time, and after that you realize, no, this is just stupid. This movie just is – no, I, I'm sorry. He did not teach Elvis how to dance – create the phrase shit happens make the shirt with the smiley face and have an interaction with aids uh plus a whole bunch of other stuff um the- uh, i mean i i mean most movies are are fiction so that oh, part that part never bothered me i've seen the movie probably uh, i'd say at least 40 times and i love it every time and i think of Tom Hanks, to me, becomes Forrest Gump. I don't think of it as Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. I think he becomes Forrest Gump because he is so different than any other character I've ever seen Tom Hanks play. That's fair. See, to me, the my I think the best Tom Hanks performance I ever saw was in the movie Philadelphia. And he it was that is a heart-wrenching movie. It came out a few years before uh, Forrest Gump came out. And that's the one he should have won an Oscar for. I'm pretty sure he won his Oscar for Forrest Gump. Uh, but I digress. Back to the point. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Bill Dickinson, uh, sent out a tweet. Apparently, Dave Meltzer and Voices of Wrestling are disputing your article, saying your podcast is inaccurate and false. Still sticking with it. Um, and then Voices of Wrestling replied, for the record, we are not disputing anything. We haven't listened to the podcast in question or read the article. We saw the story going around, went to our source inside the company, and tweeted what we were told. Uh, and then also Tony Mag- Mag- Magalilio, M-A-G-L-I-O, oh, he has a blue check mark on his account, um, and uh, from what yeah, I he said some stuff. From what I understand, he's the source. Tony okay, Maggie, yeah. yes. He yeah, is the so. source for 411 Mania. He actually works in TV. Uh, he is. He has, I think, WWE listed in like his bio. Like he was, a, like he's a fan. Yeah, and so he actually, so he replied to the, or he retweeted the Meltzer said what tweet, said, oh, this is about me, never said AEW show would be one hour, said one hour makes more sense than three hour, than three when asked if it'd be a three hour show, we all assume two. Dave also apparently made a thing out of me reporting that a source on Twitter, or on Turner talk said not doing 52 weeks is a possibility. Okay, I either read that wrong or that's a really poor, poorly worded sentence. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of of me, but it is Twitter. So then he followed up. Uh, you know who has also said an off season is a quote unquote possibility? AEW. Many things are possible when a deal is not signed. I've also said multiple times an off season would be problematic, and my personal opinion is that it'll be 52 weeks a year. Job is to report uh, what told by sources. Now that is a that is a fragment of a sentence right there. God, Twitter. Anyway, so uh, boils down to this guy was a source um, said that AEW is going to do a pay uh, pay to play. It has been disputed. Twitter turned uh, to flames, and yeah. So, what do you think on this? Okay, so 
I'm not going to go. We're both Voices of Wrestling fans, right? Absolutely. And we are both uh, really big fans of the show called at WrestleNomics, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, Mookie Ghana Harrison doesn't do WrestleNomics anymore, right? Right. Conflict well, of interest. Well, who does he work for? AEW. So if Voices of Wrestling is quoting a source inside of AEW, who's probably that source? Mookie Ghana. Yeah, All right, he's the financial guy, so he would be the one basically cutting that check to TNT. So if he says it's not a pay-for-play deal, I mean that's all I need to hear. The rest is just noise. Agreed. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can get all up in the arms, but you know, I mean, honestly, it's coming from their financial guy. Let's be honest. I mean, maybe they they don't want to quote it or whatever, but any reasonable person would come to the conclusion it's coming from Mookie Ghana. Exactly. Yeah. So if that's the case, I'm I'm I mean I'm done. I mean that means it's not pay for play because the money guy is telling us it's not pay for play. And uh, but let's. Let's do this. Let's do the imaginary hat. What if this is true? If this is true, I, 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 I don't think they would do it that way. I think they would roll out their own streaming service with what Tony Khan is good at. You know, with what they do on being the elite road to, they do over a hundred thousand views on those. If they rolled out uh, a site like that a streaming service where it's like 5.99 a month and then they put being the elite road to double nothing and their weekly show behind the paywall they would do decent amount of money every month right yeah they it would that would hamper them a lot though i mean the if they want to be a big potential mainstream thing they need to be on regular television and it would be able to access our content for free it would hamper their growth immensely i mean i couldn't even i can't put into words how much it would hamper their growth but the passionate aew fans that were there would all sign up i think they would get a hundred thousand buys very easily and i think they would be able to be a profitable company with that but their ability to grow is what will be hampered. That is why you need TV. That is why you need cable. Is because of your ability to grow. For people that normally don't watch wrestling. To get to learn who these people are. Who get to, to become familiar with Pentagon, Ray, MJF, you know, uh, Cody, the Young Bucks. All the, For their audience to grow, they need basically a cable option to get on there. So this would be a big blow a monumental blow but i don't think they would ever pay to be on tnt yeah i don't think they would either based on everything that they have been discussing have said i really don't think that uh they would they would do this either i mean now could someone have heard something um misheard something I'm I'm not saying this guy is just out here making up bull bull crap and lying. It's very possible he heard something 
and he is reporting on what he heard. It's it's also very possible he misheard something. Who knows? I or he could just be out for clickbait and trying to get more you know listens to his podcast views on websites, whatever. Because I guess he works for the Rap, or um, which is a big TV uh, website. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. It's I like to try to think the best of people. So I'm I'm sitting here giving this guy the benefit of the doubt, thinking, okay, he's just not here making up some some bullcrap, some uh, to quote our president, fake news, to to try to get exposure. Uh, so I think he he reported what he thought was accurate, and it is probably not accurate. There is a game going on, and then there's negotiations going on, and just like you know, basically. Um, all elite floated out to Dave that, you know, they floated out to Dave that this is going to be the largest deal ever, not by WWE. You could have TNT saying, you know what? They need us more than we need them. You know, it's all negotiation. It's all a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they need, sometimes the, the hype, people need to pump the brakes on the hype. Um, and, and so that that's speaking of this is something I thought I wanted to ask you about because you are a Cody super fan. There are very few people I think in in out there that are bigger Cody marks than our Floyd and Savior. I, I think that's fairly safe thing to say. You're you're a very big Cody mark. Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay, you are a huge fan of the Elite. I am. Um, I would not be a huge fan of the Elite for the general. If Cody hadn't joined them, probably. So, so you're a Cody fan first. You're an elite fan second. I was a Cody fan before I knew who Kenny Omega was. Okay. So so you, but you are, you are all in on this, pun intended. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely. Because, so you, in, in the, in the wrestling environment that's online, you have these different camps. You have... These people who are just fully in on AEW to the point where they are, they're probably overhyping it. And then you have the people who are, are having the complete opposite reaction. They either don't like the Young Bucks, they don't like Kenny Omega, they don't like Dave Meltzer because Dave Meltzer is all in on AEW. They um, don't like Cody. Um, and so then on top of that, they don't like all of this hype and some of the hyperbole that has come out, uh, which Dave himself has said some fairly hyperbolic things. And, and it's one of those just so as being someone who is, is a mark for Cody, what are your thoughts on the way that, that all of this and the hype around it has kind of, um, put this. I don't know if division in the wrestling community is the right way of saying it because just just saying that kind of gives me douche chills, just the whole idea. Um, but there are definitely camps. There are there are some strong anti-AEW camps, and then there are some strong super AEW camps. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Bef- I think it's important to say, before I was an AEW fan, before I was a Cody fan, I was a wrestling fan. And the one thing, you know, we, we used 
to do another show podcast together and it was more of a potpourri of wrestling uh so you know this about me i i watch i watched wwe i watched progress i i watched uh new japan roh i watch everything i'm a fan of great wrestling my this is true my problem is the people that seemingly want AEW fail, they're WWE fans. They're not a fan of wrestling. Because to me, you can't have too much great wrestling. I happen to be support the way that AEW, the founder, Tony Khan, uh, Cody, uh, the EVPs, Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega... I happen to be a big fan of how they plan to present wrestling. I am very, I've been very adamant that All In was my greatest live wrestling experience ever, and it wasn't even close. It is the most fun I've ever had at a show. So, if that's how they're going to present wrestling, I'm all for it. But, I'm not going to quit watching WWE. I'm not going to quit watching New Japan. Hell, I'm not going to quit watching ROH. I have tickets to the New Japan show. I have the tickets to the New Japan show in July in Dallas. I, you know, I will go to WWE as much as anything. So I am not going to. I'm not like getting AEW tattooed on my arm and like saying screw all the rest of wrestling. I want them to succeed. I, I, I was like, I want them to succeed. I want the WWE to succeed. I want everyone to succeed. Because I like great wrestling. See, I agree. I think that everyone out there should want AEW to succeed. I can understand (laughs) those people who do get tired of the hyperbole and just, and that just in and of itself will give them a sour taste in their mouth and will taint how they see uh, all elite wrestling. Um, so I can, I can understand that as a gut visceral reaction, um, on a a logical side from an empirical point of view. Um, everyone who likes professional wrestling should want every professional wrestling organization to succeed unless they're run by absolute pieces of shit. And then they should want those pieces of shit people to fail and then the wrestlers be able to go get jobs elsewhere. But you should want AEW to to succeed. I almost wonder how much of it has, is a generational thing. We have an, at least one generation who has grown up only really knowing WWE. I mean, some of them might have been on the TNA train when it was still, you know, hobbing along the tracks. Uh, before it it got sent off into Nowheresville on your TV dial. Um, But even though, ironically, apparently is now doing some of its the best work that they've done in many, many years, and just other than a 1,000 people showing up to their show in New York during WrestleMania week, they have, like, zero buzz, which is just sad. Um, Yeah, I I forgot to say, and and that's sad. I did forget to say Impact. And I actually... I love Impact. I think they have the best women's division in wrestling right now. And I, I really enjoy it. And I, uh, the fact that, you know, they have three or four segments and there's three or four different women storylines. I think 
they are doing, you know, like I, I know, I know WWE just presented uh, women in the main event, but I just feel like if you watch Impact, the women are equal part of the show. And it's just like, oh, it doesn't feel like, okay, this is this special section for the women. Now let's go back to what everybody tuned in to see. It seems like it's 50 50. And I don't really want to go off on that horse, but I just, this, that's why I think people should be watching Impact Wrestling. Uh, but yeah, I didn't even say them, but yeah, I want them to succeed too. It's like, it's just, why, I mean, why as a wrestling fan would you want anyone to fail? I almost wonder if, if some of this is, these are, these are people that consider themselves WWE fans and not wrestling fans. It's kind of like that ad that used to be on Hulu that was, um, a WWE commercial talking about how this guy, his job changed. So he, he couldn't see Monday night raw anymore. And he was thinking about, you know, leaving his job so he could watch raw, but then he found he could watch it on Hulu. And at the very end, he says, now don't get me wrong. I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm a WWE fan. And I, I, I really wonder how much of it is, is that I, so my theory is that there's a portion of this group that are, there are people that are just a haters there are people that are B sick of the overhype and there are people that are C WWE fans who are not wrestling fans. Um, and if you grew up on the WWE product that's been out there for the last, especially 15 years, and that's what you think professional wrestling is, you watch anything else and you're going to wonder what's going on because it is so drastically different than all other products. So if nothing else, if, if AEW can get on, get on good TV and get a good audience and get a, you know, a group of a, a generation watching that sees different things and, and professional wrestling in a major league way presented differently then I think they'll have a better appreciation for the product. Because you go back to the Monday Night Wars, or even pre-Monday Night Wars, when it was WWE in syndication and NWA, Crockett, WCW on TBS Saturday nights at 6.05. You were presented with two drastically different products. Uh, but you could enjoy both for different reasons. Or you could be drawn to one more than the other. And I think that will be, in the long run, what's healthiest for the wrestling industry. And it's certainly better for the wrestlers, as we have seen in just the changing landscape. I mean, hell, look at this. You've got Dean Ambrose not re-signing his WWE contract, going who knows where, uh, after this new special, I guess that's this weekend or next weekend, uh, the final March of the Shield or whatever, which I'm guessing is a house show that's going to be filmed and put on the network. Uh, you've got people, you know, you've got your Ty Dillingers and your now Luke Harper publicly uh, requesting release from their contracts. Uh, you've you got the rumors of Sasha Banks privately requesting her release. Right. And then you've also got the rumors of the Revival requesting their releases. Uh, Mike and Maria Kanellis requesting their releases. Um, oh, and we forgot Hideo Itami had requested his release. Uh, TJP, well, he just straight up got fired. But 
so you've got you have a very different dynamic and there are all the rumors of WWE going to people hey you need to resign your contract now or if coming if if someone gets an offer from AEW doubling that who knows how much that's real but it is it's it's going to make it better for the wrestlers because if you look at the percentage that talent gets paid in WWE versus how much that company makes and you compare that to other live sporting events where the percentage of salary versus a percentage of of what the organization makes it is unreal the difference the the uh, your top end sports athletes that bring it their huge draws for their teams percentage wise make a lot more of the total amount of money coming in to said organization than with WWE for WWE it's something like a pitiful like 5% maybe i think i remember what i saw that's awful for a company that makes that much money come on now spread the love people i mean now, I, i'm i'm going uh and this will uh, hurt some people's feelings but i'm going to take the side of the business your goal is to make as much money as possible it should not be to make as much money as possible by uh, screwing over the people you employ. It depends on what you consider screwing over. I mean, they they are paid pretty well, right? But if you if for the health of the industry, if you paid everyone better, and uh, you would get more buy in, and you wouldn't have as miserable an employee base as based on rumors, the talent in WWE is miserable. And you listen to people who are the writers. Freaking Road Dog just stopped writing on SmackDown apparently because he was sick of of putting in hours upon hours of work, and then Vince McMahon throwing it down the toilet um, because he just wanted to do something different. Because that's him. I can't imagine what a nightmare it must be for to work for that that person. I, so but, just but as a person that is on Twitter, on Facebook, have heard many stories. The one thing I don't hear a lot of wrestlers complaining about is how much they get paid. I hear they get, they get complain about how much they're used and how how you know the ability to perform the art that they love the way that they love it. It's their spot more than anything. I don't know. I and like I said, I might just be naive, but I and from what I hear, it's never about how much they're getting paid. Now I do get. I do get it. I mean, the NFL, I believe it's like 52%, 48% like uh, uh, players to owners. I think the owners only get 48%, and if, uh, uh, the players get 52% of the pool. In wrestling, they don't unionize. It's it's a thing. I mean, they're going if, if they – want a bigger part of the pool, they're going to have to unionize. I don't want to get into a bunch of labor arguments right now, but the WWE literally has all the power. And what most people are asking them to do is just to pay more, pay people more when there really isn't a reason to other than it would make other people feel better. And the reason that they're uh, a reason that WWE stock is at a hundred dollars is because of all the money they bring in and how much money, how little they have to pay out in talent. That's the reason yeah. it's considered a financially successful business. So you're basically asking the company to make themselves less financially successful. 
No, I'm I'm saying that you shouldn't have to hoard everything at the top, and you should make everyone in your organization. Um, if if the organization is doing that well, everyone should benefit from it. And that's the whole thing. I I get it, but if you look at most companies and how most companies are run, Apple, Google, Dell, those places, that's generally not how it works. You know, it's fine. Every time we ever get in, whether it's been on, when I've been on this show or on on our other show, which speaking of, go check that shit out. It's really good. Uh, it's called Around the Ring. Find that on Twitter. Around the Ring, okay, is the handle. Check it out. Uh, Floyd does a great job with with Ryan the Great. So cheap plug there. Um, but anytime we've ever gotten into stuff like this, I keep wondering. I'm like, sir, are you sure you're not a Republican? I am. I I am. It's not that I'm, I am nowhere near, I'm definitely nowhere near a Republican. When most people, honestly, I probably lean further to the left than, but what I do have the ability to do is look at it from both sides, you know, and I I can see the side, of course, every employee wants more money, right? Don't get me wrong. Uh, But I'm looking at it from the business side of it. It's just the WWEs, we have these fans that care so much. Uh, you know, like Apple doesn't really have to deal with this or, you know, uh, companies don't have to deal with th- this passionate fan base that cares so much about the business side of wrestling and not just enjoying the product. So you have to deal with these people that are telling the businesses to to be telling WWE you should be counterintuitive because making less money, you know. Paying people out more and making less money is counterintuitive when it comes to business. Well, no. See, the thing is, though, by paying your people more, you are not making less money. You are still making the same amount of money. You are just not hoarding it for a a, a small group of people. So you're not reporting the same amount of earnings that you're reporting every year. No, I th- I'm pretty sure you are. Well, no, I no, mean, I, I mean, I mean, because what you're saying is we've made this much, we've paid out this much. You're trying to take the amount that you make is going to be the same number, but the amount that you pay out is going to be more, so the net profit is less, correct? Yes. Okay, that's counterintuitive. So the moral of the stories, ladies and gentlemen, is in 2020 – uh, Floyd is voting for Donald Trump. I am not. I, I, I let me make sure this is clear. Just because I can see, I just because I can see the company side. Floyd for Trump. No, I'm is. saying the WWE <laughs> has a unique. WWE has a unique uh, problem. Is that their fans care how they're spending their money. WWE also has a unique problem, and they're one of the few companies that actually hates their customers. Well, and shits it, it, on them on uh, a regular basis. And that is honestly a thing I like about AEW. I mean, AEW is uh, I love the, love the company, love the positive attitude. The big thing is like they're doing a show, fight for the fall, like and giving the money away. Oh yeah, that's amazing. I mean, WWE could do this. And they don't. And I'm not, that's not crapping on WWE. They do a lot of Make-A-Wish. They do a Susan G. Coleman. They do a lot of different things. Don't get me wrong. But 
that I mean AEW is like we're going to be different, and they don't seem to have this adversarial approach to their fans. The young bucks, you know, young bucks especially, they have this positive relationship with the people that support them, which is so different than anything I've ever experienced as a wrestling fan. I'm a mark, and the goal is to get as much money out of me. That is the experience that I've had with wrestling since I've started spending money on wrestling at a very young age. I am a mark. Everything is to get money from me. I will be nice from you to get money from you. I will. I put on this product to get money from you. Everything is to get money from me. It, it seems like with AEW, and this, this, they might be working me, right? But they seem like, okay, we know you work hard for your money. We're going to try to do our best to give you value. Yeah, I think some of this comes from, and this might even also be a generational thing. You have people of Vince's generation, uh, baby boomers and whatnot, st- still come from the very carny aspect of professional wrestling. Um, before the 90s, before Vince took over all of the territories back in the territory days, it was still very carny. And if you've never looked into the history of professional wrestling, it is fascinating. Uh, there's actually a book called Pro Wrestling FAQ. I can't remember who the author is. We, uh, we have it at, at the library I work at. But it is truly interesting because it takes you all the way back to was like the late 1800s. And this stuff started in carnivals, it basically at fairs. So when you look at certain aspects of the wrestling business, especially older attitudes, you know, your Vince McMahon attitudes, your bully rays and their attitudes toward people, it is all a very carny thing. That's where the term Mark comes from because they, they actually actively looked down on their fans because they thought their fans were stupid. And you've got the young bucks, you've got, Cody, you have even I think CM Punk was was part of this. You've got Daniel Bryan, I think, is part of this. People who one grew up as wrestling fans, but and want as as they became wrestlers, I think want to treat their fans the way they wanted to be treated, and and respect the fact that there is so much in this world, especially now, that can take your attention and take your money. That if you are willing to give your attention and money to their product, they're going to be thankful for it and try to give you their best effort where you know, people like Vince McMahon have a completely different attitude toward it. And, uh, and, and I think that that's one of the things I do I absolutely love about what AEW is doing. Because it's funny, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, like AE, I like the elite. I, I will, I'm just going to go on record. I, I don't understand being the elite. I don't get it. I think it is a, it's a meme YouTube based type of humor that I'm probably just too old to understand. I think I'm aged out of some of this, or maybe it's just my, my type of humor does not mesh with that because I don't get it. Uh, I, I've, watched episodes i did not watch the most recent ones which i know we're gonna floyd's gonna take us through here in a few minutes Um, but i don't understand it it's not i don't find it that funny 
there are moments here and there, but I'm just like, okay. So I come at this thing. I'm like, yeah, I like the young bucks. I think their in ring is fantastic. I Kenny Omega, I think is one of the best wrestlers alive. I like him. Cody's fine. Whatever. Uh, I like hangman page. I always, I liked him going back to his days in, uh, in the decade in ROH. And when he went uh, babyface for about five minutes before joining the, uh, the bullet club. So, in other words, I'm not a I'm not an AEW uh, mark, but I like what they're doing, and I like the attitude they have toward their customers and their fans, and I think that's very healthy. And I just wish that more businesses, especially something like WWE, had a a more positive attitude toward their their customers and their fans and their employees because i think if we they did it would all be better uh, but we should probably move on um since we mentioned the uh luke harper and, and sasha banks and then there's also Tennille dashwoods out there as a free agent um what are your thoughts on they the any of those people possibly winding up in AEW? all right luke harper would bring size to the company a very much needed size. Uh, again, you got a lot of people that are six, you know, are six foot six two under, you know. So Luke Harper would bring a size and a threat. And if he wanted to be someone's like, let's say Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho is such, you know, a big name, right? You know, and but you know, he's not going to want to wrestle like all the time. So he might need a lackey or someone in his stable. And Luke Harper could definitely be that and then still put on great matches and believe uh, because he's a great wrestler. So he could still uh, perform it to that level. Uh, Sasha Banks, um, a lot of people, I think that would be a pretty big get. I mean, honestly, I would put like, you know, I line up Sasha Banks and Dean Ambrose. Even though Dean Ambrose is great, Johnny Moxley, I think Sasha Banks would be the bigger get. As far as your women's division, as much as much money and time as WWE's put in their women's division uh, over the last few years, she would bring a significant audience with her to me. Uh, Tennille Dashwood. Tennille Dashwood was really, really hot about a year ago. And I think she's cooled off. So it would have to be how they present uh, to Neil Dashwood. Uh, I mean, she. everyone knows Emma. Everyone knows Emma can wrestle. But what's her memorable match since she's left the WWE? As far as I know, she hasn't had one. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So it's like all this buzz about how she was underused and underutilized in the WWE. And I know she was hurt, but there was a period of time she wasn't hurt. And it was just like, what'd yeah, you do? It, well, she she almost had the unfortunate nature of, of signing to Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor, its women's division, is really, really not good. And I just, I almost think they don't know how to run a women's division. I, they need to get someone from Shine or Shimmer or somebody to come in and help them because they're not doing a very good job. So she was brought in to kind of be the face of their women's division, but she didn't sign. She was doing like, I don't know what the deal was, but she didn't sign an ex, a, a, a full-blown contract with them for a while. So they wouldn't go all in with her when she had all of her buzz. 
and then she did sign and then she got hurt. And so it's, yeah, it's just been kind of a mess. Um, uh, of these three, I agree with you. I think Luke Harper brings in size. I think, um, I, I could honestly, I could see at the end of the day, all, all three of them ending up there, but I don't think Sasha Banks is going to leave WWE. Um, and who knows how many of these reports about her and Bailey having tantrums are even real. Maybe she just needs a break. Who knows? I mean, now granted, she does also come off as an entitled spoiled brat. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, on her. I, I, don't I, have... I think Sasha, the thing with Sasha and, uh, I honestly taking this from somewhere and I thought this was the best way to describe it is that she wants it really, really bad. As far as she wants to be the person really, really bad in the WWE that she won't, you know, she wants to be in the main events of WrestleMania and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, cause she cares about the art of professional wrestling. She wants to be a great professional wrestler. And, you know, she wasn't getting pushed as a single. And they was like, she fought hard to get the tag team division. Me personally, I thought they were going to get like a year run as the tag team champions. And then maybe losing next year in Mania. And then from what I understand, that's what she thought too. They were going to defend it across all divisions, make it the greatest title ever. And then she was told basically the day of Mania, not only... Are we taking you the belts off of you? We're literally breaking up your team. Everything, the little uh, leeway that you had made, we're taking that all away. And basically, you're going to singles wrestling. To me, as a person that that I even said, Ronda Rousey signing, like you asked the people that were affected most about Ronda Rousey signing, Sasha Banks. She went way down the totem pole from where oh, she yeah. was. Oscar went, you know, you know, Oscar was at least a champion, but Sasha Bank was so far down the totem pole, you know, it, it was ridiculous. And it was just like Ronda Rousey signing was like the worst thing that ever happened to her. So that being said, you know, she's already been pushed to the background. She thinks she's the best wrestler in the world, best wrestler. Seth Rollins has flat out said. Man or woman, she's the best performer that they have. He's said that. And it's just, you know, when you're getting that underutilized and you think you're that great and you complain outwardly and loud, especially being a woman, people don't know how to take it. And they say she's entitled. Well, let's just say Drew McIntyre said the same exact stuff in his mainly Drew McIntyre voice, or Cesaro, or uh, who who was it? Uh, the Revival. Everybody's like getting behind him, but people don't like that from a woman. See, damn! Now you make me feel shitty. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I'm just saying, she's not saying anything differently than anyone else is saying. That's true. She just come. Yeah, I didn't even see. I don't because I don't think like that. I don't. I don't think like. Well, she comes off like that because she's a woman, or well, this or that. Because I just see, because I'm just one of those, I see people, yeah, person thing. And so, yeah, I didn't even, damn, bad me. I'm bad. just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's you, but I'm saying it is a lot of people. She's yeah. saying the same thing other everybody <clears throat> else is saying. I'm, I'm really talented and I should be utilized better. 
and everybody says she's whiny and spoiled. Yeah, you're you're right. Well, um, what do you real quick? Any any chance Dean Ambrose shows up in AEW? I I don't think they want to. I think he will be somebody. If he does, it'll be straight like on the opening of the TV. They would do it as the like the big thing on their first week of TV. Kind of like when Lex Luger showed up on uh on the first Nitro. Yeah, it would it, it would just it would literally it would just make sense because I think they're doing a great and we're gonna talk about the cards that they have. They're doing a great job putting a big match on each one of their cards that you know, it's a reason to go to each show. So it's just like I would save Dean. I don't think he's needed yet. I agree. And speaking of cards, here's some announcements. So Fight for the Fallen, we have two match- matches announced. We've got Pac and the Lucha Bros taking on Kenny and the Young Bucks. Uh, from the So the OG Elites. Uh, that should be a hell of a match. And then the other big match announced is Cody versus Darby Allen, a new signee to AEW. Now, I do not know a lot about Darby Allen. Now, are you very familiar with Mr. Allen? I have been getting uh, very I've been getting familiar with Darby Allen lately. I've watched a few of his matches. I've watched what I can, a lot of its clips and seen a few of his matches and I dig him. His look is amazing. He uh he can work like crazy crazy good worker. Uh him versus Cody. I'm guessing they're going to do more to build up that match later as to why they're wrestling. I don't really understand why they're wrestling or whatever. So uh but yeah, I am looking forward to it because it is extremely that's ex- Darby Allen is extremely fresh for anybody not in the wrestling bubble because Darby Allen works especially Evolve and you know you have to you know you have to go look for Evolve. Evolve is just not on TV. You know what I mean? Right. To be an Evolve fan you have to look for him. So Darby Allen is not known by a lot of people. I hadn't seen my first Darby Allen match until like last week. And I've heard him. I've heard his name. I've heard that people think he's amazing. So I'm I am really looking forward to this match with Cody. This is the uh, Fight for the Fallen and the Fighter Fest matches, I will not be at because the, they fall in what people will know. It's the wedding window. There is a there is a window around the wedding where no matter if there's anything to do or not, your uh, significant other doesn't want you doing anything. Fair enough, because that's an important day. Yeah, but that that Fighter Fest match announced. Kenny Omega versus Shima. That's a big one. Uh, that's how you pronounce it, right? Shima? Yes, mail just got delivered. Sorry about that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Shima. Uh, he's he's a legend. You know, he's a ledge, Dragon Gate legend. And uh, this is a big match. This is uh, from, you know, we were listening to Everything Elite. They was like, this is a match that they never thought they would see. So I am very excited about that match, a one-on-one match with Kenny. And, you know, you we look forward in wrestling. Instead of worrying about what we got, we look forward. We're like, well, now it's like, well, Kenny, Kenny's first two matches are Jericho and Shima. 
So it's like you kind of you think you would want to put over Shima, you know what I mean? As you know, as a star or whatever, and he's new. But you know, with him beating Jericho the first time, you think I was thinking, man, Jericho's going to win at this. So that adds a different wrinkle to it because I'm like, they're not. Are, are they going to have Kenny Omega lose his first two matches in AEW? They might. I mean, they they really might, and and. Unless he makes the winning fall at the fi- uh, fight for the fallen, but um, I don't know. Maybe he could pin Ray or so. Who knows? Um, the other matches announced for uh, and Fighter Fest. That's the 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 show with the video game company, right? Yeah, that's with the CEO show. Okay, so there's Brandy versus Ally, and Jericho will make an appearance. Yes. Uh. Hold on. Now, was it no. Ali killed? Is that okay? No, that's yeah. No, see, I actually had that reversed, and that this is completely on me because I sent Dave the show notes. Those first two matches are happening at Fighter Fest. Pac and the Lucha Bros versus Kenny and Bucks and Cody and Darby Allen are happening at Fighter Fest. Brandy and then Kenny versus Shima with Jericho appearing is happening at Fight for the Fallen. Oh, okay. I I literally just typoed it that's on me completely on me uh yeah i typoed it when i sent dave the show notes i just i like literally their names are so close to me fight and fighter fest fight for the fallen ff uh whatever i made it i fucked up that's just okay just put it that way (laughs) all right so either way these are some cool matches who knows who's gonna go over um that will be interesting to see um (sighs) Yeah, um, yeah, we did. We had the pre-sale yesterday for Fight for the Fallen, and it was at eight o'clock yesterday. And just my own research, I went on, you know, Ticketmaster and looked. It looks like the pre-sale did really well. It looks like they sold like eighty percent of the available pre-sale tickets. And then you're going to get the regular tickets on sale today. So okay, this is this is going to sound like a really dumb question. What exactly are pre-sale tickets? Okay, so pre-sale tickets. Uh, honestly, most of the time, it's about 80% or, I mean, honestly, uh, used to be like 60% of the arena. They would open up 60% of the arena, and you could you could buy, and that, that's all they would open for the pre-sale. So let's say the pre-sale sold, sold out, it would only be about 60% of the tickets, and then they left 40% available for... Uh, general admission just to people that wanted to buy tickets the next day well in this case i think the aew might do 80 percent or something like that but uh it doesn't matter what the number is it's just when your pre-sale sells out you've sold a significant amount of the arena out before you open up your general admission tickets like let's let's just say you have 10 seats row a first row you have 10 seats in that first row during the pre-sale, probably six to eight of those tickets would be on sale, and then the general mission would be able to get two. Okay. And then, okay. You, then you have to take in that Ticketmaster now does the shit that I f- fucking hate called the Platinum Seats, where they reserve a certain section of seats where they buy the seats from, they buy the seats first 
from AEW or whatever the company is. Their AEW is definitely not the only company to do it. And then Ticketmaster then sells those at a super premium price, which sometimes could be four or five more, five times more than the general admission. And I think the way it's set up to sell Ticketmaster tickets on Ticketmaster, you have to do it. It's not an option. God, man, Pearl Jam was right back in the nineties. Ticketmaster sucks. So yeah. basically, Ticketmaster is uh, scalping their, their own, own tickets. tickets. Yeah. So let's say like you wanted a front row ticket to uh, the fight for the fallen. It's two hundred bucks, right? Well, uh, Ticketmaster does have platinum. Their platinum seats, which are two of those front row seats, are eight hundred bucks a piece. So that uh, it's just almost betting on this is going to sell out and people will be desperate. Yes, the, but they even say the prices may fluctuate. So what I try to tell people, I understand you want to go to the event, but if you don't buy those tickets from Ticketmaster, the price will come down. Man, that's some craziness. Okay, well, I was I've been obviously I don't buy tickets to many events. I buy tickets events, to like all the events. Right, exactly. Because the things I buy tickets for are in small clubs, and it, there are no chairs. It's just you stand there. Uh, so I don't understand any of this. I literally, in my head, I, I thought, so you're you're spending money to get a earlier shot in line to spend money. That's that's kind of how I thought it worked. I'm I'm real dumb real dumb on, on this uh, no and no and the thing about it is and i think aew has to smarten up to this and i i've said the same thing about wwe if you do a fan club aew or wwe and you know it's the same thing as the wrestle crate right you charge 49.99 a month right I, I and this is the number i'm just coming up with you send out a t-shirt you send out stickers but most importantly you send out advance notice on things. So if you're part of this AEW fan club, you would then get the pre-presale code. Because right now they send the pre-sale code out to everybody. So having the pre-sale code doesn't mean shit. But if you're part of the elite fan club in this small fan club, you're competing against a lot less people. I think that's what they should do. But again, that's just my opinion. I have the money to do that. So, of course, you know, someone like me would be like, do it. But there are a lot of people that don't have the money to do that. So they would be like, you're just being an asshole. So I admit that there is another side to this. There you go. So one other match um, that I think is worth talking about, the over the budget Battle Royal has a few new entrants. Uh, MJF is going in the Battle Royal. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is going in the Battle Royal. And Glacier. Yes, that Glacier. Yes, and then on the road to double or nothing, uh, I mean, I'm just throwing this out there because it's, we're talking about it. Uh, the guy that does the video editing for Road to Double or Nothing, uh, I, he, he's also an independent wrestler by the name of Sunny Days and they gave him a spot in it and cool. yeah and he <clears throat> he talked about on the show and like we're not going in any particular order here he talked about his uh struggle with mental illness and how he a few years ago he thought about taking his life and you know 
you know, so he's like, uh, they said this quote, and he's like, uh, you know, wrestling, some people need wrestling. And I was like, and I just thought about that. And I just thought, if you, if I tell you to watch anything all week, Dave, I would say make sure you watch that episode. It was, it, it pulled at the heartstrings pretty good. Okay, I will check that out. I've, uh, I have found, an offensive isn't the right word, but I have, Road to Double or Nothing has bugged me less than being the elite, because it seems to be more of trying to be a straight forward ish um documentary type thing yeah yeah Yeah. it's 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 closer whereas um being the elite is just this meme-based comedy um road to double or nothing has comedy but it's almost shot more in the style of the office or parks and recreation where it's a documentary but it's also kind of funny yeah, I, I mean, I definitely can see that, and uh, I like. I it's a, it's a very, it's one of the better, uh, it's the better show to me personally. You know, I know it, it, it feels like a BT is more there for the jokes. You know, it's the it's it's to the internet, it's to the internet uh, generation. You know, and I definitely I you know I get it. I enjoy it. I watch it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just. And sometimes, like, it's for the insider insiders, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah it's totally inside baseball. Now, I know you've got places to be, but was there anything you wanted to talk about with either the Being the Elite episodes or Road to Double or Nothing that uh, we haven't already kind of touched on? Okay, yes. So, BTE, um, BTE, they, which one did us like? They're setting up something with this Joey Ryan thing. Uh, with everybody asking about the blonde, like there's going to be a new blonde with Joey Ryan, and I'll keep. I, and, and they have me on the edge of the seat with that one. I am really, uh, really interested in that. Um, uh, Cody, uh, Cody not knowing how to spend money is funny, and I think that's going to lead somewhere. Uh, I guess as far as Cody being, you know, the executive producer that doesn't spend money, and Darby Allen is kind of counterculture so that it's actually a natural rivalry there if they want to do something with it but i wonder which way they're gonna go and uh then the other part is that they look like they've found uh the librarian uh i believe his name is peter avalon he he does pro wrestling from california he was at the nwa 70 show he he you know he had like almost like a i i think Damien Sandow, like Playboy or whatever gimmick, I can't be put my finger on exactly what his gimmick was, but he did this thing where he goes shh with his finger up, and then Matt and, and Matt and Chris Daniels like I think we got our guy, so I think they're gonna go with Avalon as the librarian, or they might have it where you know like a couple people you know they get in an argument over that, but that's that's kind of a quick recap of BTE that's hitting the high notes. And then on Road to Double Nothing, episode 12, again, just hitting the high notes. Joey Janela says he's healthy and he doesn't care because if he dies, uh, because if he in the ring, because if he dies, that will make him a legend. From what I understand, that is with Joey, uh, Joey Janela's character. The Dylan section, again, I'm telling everyone, if you haven't watched Road to Double or Nothing, episode 12, watch that. The Dylan section is very powerful. Um, uh, 
uh, the Brandy uh, that Brandy sets up her match with Allie. So it looks like she is she makes a phone call after she sets up her match with Allie, and she asks someone could they be in Jacksonville. So uh, uh, be in Jacksonville. So it looks like they're she's gonna have someone come in and and jump Allie. I think that if I'm going gut feeling, that's gonna end up being Tennille Dashwood. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, and then MJF cuts his promo, and then the boxing guy Anthony Ogogo, bronze medalist in I believe it was the 2012 Olympics. Uh, if I'm or or the maybe I guess it might be 2016. Well, he looks like he was training to wrestle. The kid has a good look. There's something wrong with his left eye. It's like it never fully opened, so I don't know if that came from boxing or whatever. It looked weird. Uh, he's a good-looking kid, but the, the eye thing just throws me off. You know, you know, I'll say if a guy's attractive, and he's a very attractive oh, yeah. guy, but his eyes, like, like I don't know if that's just how it was shot or if he has something actually wrong with his eye. And then we we end uh, this week's episode with QT. He goes up the dirt road and goes and knocks on the door. And on the other side of the door, it looks like it's going to be Cody's opponent. They're going to have a second episode of Road to Double Never Thing this weekend. We will cover it next week because more than likely it's going to be announcing who Cody is wrestling. There you go. All right. I think yeah. I think I think I think in our own way we hit everything, right? Excellent. Hey, and that was just that was a, a fun way of doing it that's not just hey, this is what happened. Hey, yeah. this is what happened. Yeah, so yeah, you know all I care about is I mean, there are other AEW shows and some days I some weeks I listen to the other one and it's just like they're way sometimes they're I feel like they're way more informative at times. And I just want to make sure we get all the information out there every week, uh, which is uh, th- like I said, that's just me. Th- that's just me, uh, you know, a little self doubt creeping in, you know, which doesn't happen a lot with me. I'm a very confident person. <laughs> you are. That is one thing Floyd has in abundance is confidence. Yes, but I, I want to make sure I'm putting out the best show every week. That is one of those things that, you know, when I do something, I want to do it well. So I really, that's why I like having Dave on, because he can control me. He's very good at this. <laughs> well, you know, we, we have built a good rapport, so yeah, I, yeah. I always enjoy being on yeah, whatever yeah. show it is with with, uh, with the Floydster. Because so, like, uh, I, like I said, I told him I had to get off of this uh, called by like 10 a.m. Central. I'm like, we're about to wrap up, and we got two minutes left. So that's all, Dave. Well, I try, I try. So that's going to do it for this edition of All Things Elite. Uh, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter. What's that handle, Floyd? It is at at elite pod. Yes, at at elite pod. Please give it a follow. And make sure to follow the Social Suplex Network. That is where you can find this and tons of other great shows in your favorite podcast feed. And if you are someone that does it, please leave a rating and review. That helps with all the schematics and shit. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. And uh, Floyd, take us home. All right. Uh, just let you know, you just big weekends coming up. We've got some big movies coming out. I'm really excited about uh, The Avengers next week. And it is going to be the end game. But uh, just remember, 
uh, just remember when you're going through uh, going through life and you get to these big events, you get to these shows, don't stress yourself out trying to make it. Get to what you can. You can't get to what you can't. But when you go, do your best to be elite.